I had no business background, no education, nothing. I have built myself up from literally zero without a mentor because I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have my dad telling me, son, you cannot do that. that. These are the rules. And these are, I didn't know. Hey man, I had to feed my family. That was my own. It was a motivation to survive. We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance. So I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> our sponsor for this episode is our 14-day video script challenge. Yes, we are sponsoring our own show. Yes, we are. <laughs> Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Benton Crane, your co-host and the CEO of Harmon Brothers. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. I have Manuel Suarez, the marketing ninja, on the line with me today. Welcome to the show, Manuel. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here, guys. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Okay, Manuel, tell our listeners who you are. Who, who is the marketing ninja and what do you do? Well, I think that I can call myself a work in progress, man. Uh, it's, I have been pushing for the last seven years, getting good in this subject. I don't have a marketing degree. I became a marketing expert myself with a lot of uh, study. I think it started with me um, just because I, I wanted to find an opportunity for me to get good at something, not knowing where the future was going to take me. Uh, and I became a marketing expert. I talk to the world in the, sub uh, the subject of marketing right now, social media platforms. I have a marketing agency called AGM, which stands for Attention Grabbing Media. I work with a lot of great businesses and a lot of great people. I built this organization from just me about four years ago to now 60 of us. Um, wow. And um, we have a great group of people. We've got a lot of great clients, a lot of great accounts. I work with uh, some major influencers. One of those people I'm lucky enough to call dad in this life. So it's uh, part of my story that I made him a superpower. Uh, and um, I work with people like Dr. Eric Berg, who's another major influencer, musicians like Chick Corea, uh, incredible celebrities like Nancy Cartwright, and uh, who's the voice of our Simpson. And the list goes on and on. So today still, I, I kind of have to pinch myself to know the people that want to have me around sitting around them on their table. So it's, it's what I do. I got, got obsessed over the subject of uh, marketing and sending your message out there far and wide. I got obsessed with the uh, opportunities and the platforms that uh, we are uh, given access to that our ancestors never had. And just because of that, uh, a few years ago, um, it feels like a long time ago already, I decided to not take them for granted and do something about it. And I discovered accidentally, uh, I call myself an accidental marketer because I, I first had to figure out how to make some money so I can put some bread on the table. Uh, yep. But yep. I became good in the subject of marketing and I haven't stopped and I get obsessed over um, spreading good messages, uh, which is uh, absolutely similar to what you guys have done over the last many, many years, because I absolutely have followed what you guys, your career and Harmon Brothers and everything that you guys put together. I'm a big, big fan of that. So you guys have been a good role model for people like me. And I just spread the message, man. I just uh, find somebody that wants uh, to get their message seen by the world. And that's what led me to, as I had success, build, a, build my own agency and help other people along the way do the same thing. That, that's awesome. As, as you kind of describe your, uh, you know, describe what you do, I, I love the tone of humility that, um, that, that kind of pervades it all. I, I feel like uh, you, you, you're my people. <laughs> Appreciate that. Now, um, let, let, let's go back in time, though. I, I, want to, I want to dive into your poop to gold journey a little bit, and I want to uncover uh, you know, the path that, that has led you here, and what are some of the, the obstacles that you had to overcome on the way? 
Uh, I think for me, it all started, um, I'm, I'm 39 years old right now, um, as, as of the time of this uh, interview here. And uh, I think most of my life, I've, hear, I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs, I know you probably have too, uh, because it's out there, that you are either born a businessman, entrepreneur, or you're not, right? Either you're meant to be one, or you're meant to be an employee, or that's kind of like the way it's actually supposed to be. I have a very different story to that. I, I'm 39 years old. For the first 30 years of my life, I couldn't care less about business, about... Um, I had no desire, no interest. I had no particular passion. Uh, I could say that I was pretty much asleep and uh, very, very asleep and dormant in this world and just doing my nine to five. Well, yeah, going through the motions. I had my nine to five. I just kept on going. I had my family. I got married when I was 25. By the time that I was 30, I already was, had my third kid. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I was going through the motions and uh, I, I was unlucky enough, or let's say lucky enough, that um, I bought a property. Uh, this is my poop moment, right? Uh, in which I had, a, I had a paycheck, steady paycheck. It was about $550 a week working full time. My wife had her own paycheck, 500 bucks a week. She was an employee too. Mm-hmm. UPDU, right? Amazing. We're making $4,000 a month. Everything is fantastic, right? The world is beautiful. 2008, um, end of 2007, I think it was. Um, you guys all know what was happening around that time zone. But around that era um, in which, again, I, I just had this employee uh, motion, you know, consistent rat race, mm-hmm. like they, like they yeah. like to say. I said to my wife, why don't we buy a house? What a great idea. Let's buy a property. And um, I said, "Mm, I found one. Let's go and check it out. So I applied and I had about $200 in my savings account, uh, which I was very proud of at that moment. And my wife said, let's do it. So we we got into a loan, $250,000. All right. It was a $250,000 property. Uh, that it, it now that you think about it, it's like hindsight, right? What what kind of a bank, what kind of like criminal bank is going to lend an individual a quarter million dollars when they don't have not even a thousand dollars in savings? It, it's insanity. Zero percent down, zero percent down, right? And then what the heck, right? I don't even understand. It, it's no wonder the economy collapsed at that point, right? Uh-huh. So I think that I officially, like no, no kidding. I, I honestly believe what I'm about to tell you. I think I was the last person that bought a property in the real estate boom of that era. I was the last person. I signed the agreement. I got into the debt and then the real estate exploded, right? Like, like so, are, are we talking like the next day? It, it, that's what it feels I'm, like. I'm, I'm probably making this up, all right? That's what it feels like to me. It felt like there's a peak. And, you know, like I was just talking to you before we started recording uh, that I just went to Park City, Park City, Utah, Utah and got on the mountains, right? Uh-huh. I was at the top peak, the most dangerous mountain, what they call the Black Mountains. And I purchased a house and then we went straight down. And I think in a matter of uh, two or three weeks, uh, I lost my job. Uh, my wife, uh, she, she, uh, her salary got cut in half. Oh and, and what the heck am I going to do with this loan now and a $2,000 um, uh, $2, mortgage? And the whole thing started unraveling very, very fast. And that was my big time poop because at that point, I can tell you one specific moment, one exact moment that is like, you know how there's these moments in the mind that just stand out? You forget about a lot of things, but this one's, some of these stand out. I, uh, my wife said, I need you to go buy diapers. And I said, 
oh my God, I don't have money for diapers. What what am I going to do? My credit cards are maxed out. Uh, I don't know what to do. And I had to go to my mom's house and be like, mom, can you lend me 20 bucks? I need to go buy diapers. That's the moment that I said, holy cow, what the heck am I going to do with my life? And that was just... uh, I think about 11 years ago or something like that, around that time, uh, my time frame is a little bit lost. So it, it might have been somewhere in 2009 in which uh, after months of having paid the, pay, the, the mortgage that I was able to manage, that I wasn't able to, and I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. So that was somewhere in 2009 in which uh, my big poop moment uh, occurred at that point. Did you lose the house? I lost the house. I went bankrupt in 2010. Uh, my bankruptcy was final. I, the final decree came out. I went back to zero. I restarted everything. At this point, I got three kids. Um, I have a lot more responsibility over a whole family, and I don't have a career. I did not go through the educational system. I barely graduated high school. I was invited to go to university only because I had special skills. My, my college uh, invited me because I knew how to play tennis. I went in there and I utterly failed for a year and I quit. So what the heck am I going to do with my life? And, and that was like me wondering where, what the future has for me. I had no idea at this point. Okay, so let, let's hang out here for just a moment. You're, you're a husband, you're a father, um, and you go through this experience, you lose it all. What does that feel like? What's going through your head? What's what's going through your heart at that point? You know what the interesting thing is that, you know, as you go back, I have looked at this moment because I tell it in my story sometimes on my seminars or webinars or whatever. Uh, As I look back, it didn't feel surprising that I had gone through that particular horrible situation or that I was going through it. And the main reason why is because I didn't understand at this point that I had any power whatsoever. I felt incapable. I felt overall, I was supposed to be a failure. My mom thought that I was supposed to be a failure. Why am I supposed to be successful? I didn't go for the system. I didn't graduate college. I didn't want to study. I didn't want to learn any of those things that we're supposed to be learning. So it didn't feel like absolutely shocking. I felt disappointed that I couldn't provide for my family. I I felt disappointed that I was creating that effect that my family was not able to survive as well as they should. And I'm the one responsible over that. But at the end of it, my feeling, this is before I had an awakening because I had a moment I'm like, whoa, wait a second. I I learned something and I implemented and I saw results. That's later on in my story. Uh, But I started having an awakening as to my own true potential, my value. At that moment, it was very sad. Uh, I guess it was difficult. Uh, My wife and I, we were not having a good time. Obviously, it was uh, the worry of there, there's, you know, like the times that we have been going through, um, I don't know when this podcast is going to be live, but 2020, to say the least, it has been a very, very intense year for the world. And right. it will right go, in the middle of COVID-19, right? COVID-19, right? It's going to go in the record books as one of the most um, significant eras that this world, that made the world go in a certain direction. It's like, it's incredible, like unprecedented what's happening. Uh, I was going through a time at that point, which in our world, it was like that. It was unprecedented. It was a, a lot of threat of survival. Am I not going to make it? What's going to happen? Am I going to be homeless? What the heck am I going to do with my life? I don't have the backup of my family. I don't have financially, the family has nothing. Her family had nothing. My family had nothing. So we were like, oh my God, what the heck is going to happen here? So when, when, um, when you talk about from poop to gold, man, do I have a story because there's a lot of people out there that uh, somehow they got a silver platter, right? Like they, you know, there's things that somehow got, they got lucky along the 
the way and things were presented to them. I did. I have a lot of things that I guess that I, I got a little bit lucky along the way. Uh, I got presented with opportunities. Uh, you know, there's a there's a uh, one of my favorite philosophers. His name is Seneca. He talks about uh, how you know you get lucky when you are prepared, right? So what does it mean to get lucky? Preparation, meeting opportunity. Yep. Okay, so I got a lot of luck along the way that I was prepared for. Uh, but at that moment, it definitely felt the world felt very very dark. And there's a lot of moments in those two or three years in which I know that I was okay. So what's going to happen here? Either I succumb to the world and I just quit. But that's generally us humans. We don't. Do that. It's a very small percentage of people out there that call the, you know, they quit and they just like become homeless and they just stop trying to thrive and survive. Especially when you have this whole family unit that it's really depending on you to be able to pull it together and give them something. So for me at that moment, it was that. It's a very different story to 2020. I have different intention. My family has everything they could dream of. We don't have anything that we need. Uh, so I'm playing a different game right now, like mm-hmm. an influencing game at a bigger scale, helping a lot more businesses, especially for this COVID-19 world and all that stuff. But at that moment, it was about how do we get through it? How do we survive? What's going to happen for us, this family, right? So so what was the strategy? What did you do? I started looking at, uh, it was a decision, right? At that point, I made a decision and I said, I got to figure something else out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I lost my job. This particular job that I was doing um, doesn't have an opportunity for me anymore. I got to figure something else out. So let me look into it. Um, I started learning about um, stock market and that was an absolute failure. Um, I, I figured out how to get $500 and started doing option trading on the stock market. Mm-hmm. I started making fun, money, but then I don't know if you are familiar with that particular world, but it could be a very insane world. Yeah. Quick way to lose money too. A quick way to lose money and make a lot of money. And then it's very, very similar to the effects that you create on yourself when you play on a casino. It's the gambling effect because you don't control it. The crazy ups, the crazy downs and wild swings. So I lived for that. There was one point that I, I managed to get like a thousand dollars and then um, it was exciting. And I was like, okay, good. I can have a career here. Uh, and then I, I made $2,000 and I, then I made $25,000 and then I brought it all down to $1,000 again. And I said, I said, that's not for me. So I moved on from that at some point. Uh, I tried and I studied that. I saw, This is uh, already going into, we already have the information age, right? Mm-hmm. We can already YouTube things and find out and discover technologies and things that we didn't know about before. Uh, I started also learning about um, real estate and flipping houses. And then I got a partner who, funny story, still my partner today, we epically failed on that particular venture. But we, um, he, uh, I don't know if you've heard the term hard money lending. Have you heard about that? I'm not familiar with it, but I've heard of it. It's a criminal loan, all right, in which you get, you get, uh, actually, you get a loan so you can invest on a property and you end up paying 25% interest or something like off the charts and, but you get the money and you can buy. So we, we got hard money lending, even if you have bad credit and we bought a house and we flipped it. And then long story short, it was a total epic fail. We discovered shortly after we flipped it and we put it up for sale that it was actually on a neighborhood, uh, which was one of the hottest, uh, most crime-ridden neighborhoods in the city. Uh, And also they had a drug point in the corner. So nobody bought it, right? Nobody was interested in the house. So we we actually had to get get rid of it. And that led us to 2010. 
Um, at that point, this is 2010 still, bankruptcy goes final. And at that point, um, man, after several failures, I, I kept on trying. Like I, I started showing up on, uh, on seminars. I remember going up to, uh, I was in Tampa uh, and I went to a seminar by um, not even, it wasn't even Robert Kiyosaki. It was Robert Kiyosaki's team. And it was like a free seminar on real estate and doing this. I just kept on trying things until I, until I eventually, at some point, after many, many failures, after uh, not surviving well, after not being able to provide for the family and everything, at some point in 2012, that's where my gold um, path, like, that's it. That was the end of my decline. It was the turning. 2012. Yeah, 2012. And um, I can tell you what happened at that moment. I discovered something accidentally. Uh, and... Um, what happened was that I had my brother-in-law, he showed up in my house and he started um, ranting and bragging about this thing called Amazon Prime and selling your own stuff on Amazon. And at that moment already, I, I was an Amazon user and I would buy my things on Amazon. And then he would say things like, um, did you know that about 40% of people that are, uh, uh, of the things that you buy on Amazon are being sold by people like you and me in their kitchens? And I said, what? No way. I thought these, these boxes were coming in from Amazon. And yeah, yeah, they're coming in from Amazon, but they have something called fulfilled by Amazon. And, and that was like a big, like, wait a second. Okay, so this could happen. And that triggered an idea. And my original idea, uh, which I guess was one of the... Uh, uh, major crucial points in uh, my development over the last eight years now, that idea was, okay, so I got an idea. I went to uh, one of the people that I was working for at that point. He was, he was, a, he was a, a fellow a staff member on an organization that I was working for at that point, making peanuts. And I said, uh, his name is Ernesto. And I said, Ernesto, he still works for me today. Um, do you know those bed sheets that you sell on the weekend on the road? Can I see one of those? Uh, he's been doing this on the weekend because he doesn't make enough money. He uh -huh. grabs a tent. I don't know if you guys have seen that in your city, but he grabs a tent and he puts a table and he puts a big banner and he says, 100% uh, microfiber bed sheets, brand Clara Clark or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, let me see those bed sheets. And I looked at it and I opened it and I noticed that those bed sheets were not branded. That the only brand that you could see on that entire packaging was the top little label that was on it that all I had to do was remove it, right? So what did I do? I got on my computer and I, I found somebody that uh, on Fiverr and then we, we worked together and we created an initial design for a label with the same dimensions. Horrible. It worked. We grabbed our printer. We printed a thousand of these uh, labels and then manually we removed the a thousand uh, labels of, uh, of the bed sheets. And we plugged in our own batches and we call that brand Cozy House Collection, C-O-S-Y. Uh, this brand, I wanted to call it C-O-Z-Y, but that wasn't available. It was taken. And I did some research and I said, uh, Cozy has to be used somewhere. And then I found out that the word Cozy is used in the United Kingdom. Perfect. Good. We can use that. Let's go. Let's brand it. We bought the, the website. We bought the brand and we got it up on Amazon and it started selling. And then I just became good in the subject of Amazon and I dove into it very deeply. And I became a, a, a marketer just by doing that. And for a whole year and a half, all the way to 2014, I, switched, I just put my head down and worked on it because we had Ernesto, who was my, the one that was selling on the, on, the, on the road. He was getting consignment, which makes it so much easier because we, had, we didn't have to do any investment. So again, you see opportunities, right? Like I got prepared and then he said, 
I say, how much money do we need to get a thousand bed sheets? Oh, don't worry about it. We can get consignment. Oh my God, that's like a dream come true. Let's go, right? So we started selling and we would just list them for $30 and Amazon would just pay us for every single one that they sold in a year. Hey, hold on, Manuel, I've got to ask. So, you, so you've got a, a, you're getting these sheets from some sort of supplier. Right. Is, is the supplier cool with you pulling off their label and putting on y- your own? Let, let me be honest. I never asked a question. All right. I sold a lot of the betches. Um, I helped them sell a lot uh, in a matter of uh, 18 months. And I can tell you, like, I don't own the brand anymore. I sold it two years ago. It's still alive and well, and it's doing a lot of money, right? I set it up and it's a powerful brand. And um, I never asked permission to put my own label on it. All right. Um, so whether that was me being a rookie, I mean, I already told you my story. Okay. I had no business background, no education, nothing. I have built myself up from literally zero without a mentor because I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have my dad telling me, son, you cannot do that. that. These are the rules. And these are, I didn't know. Hey man, I had to feed my family. That was my own. It was a motivation to survive. In a matter of 18 months, at some point, I looked at that account and I saw, oh my God, December 2013, I saw that and I said, wow, we're doing $450,000 a month in sales. Wow. How the heck does this happen, right? Uh, we kept on going around January 2014. Um, we went up to four, 480. Uh, March, April, June, $600,000 in sales. What? So it was a big awakening for me. Money can be made. And then it's like one of those, uh, uh, there's a fire, right? And until you don't, you know, you don't get that fire going, um, it, you know, it's, it's just going to be concentrated, right? But once you get that thing to become wild, it doesn't stop and you can't stop it. Fast forward to 2020, no matter how much money I've made over the last seven years, which I made quite a bit, uh, I still feel that I'm just getting started and I don't have a button. I don't have a shot of valve as much as I try. It is what it is. I'm, I'm into the game now and I love the game and I'm passionate about it, but it all started because I needed to survive. And I think that uh, people don't generally tell this, right? And uh, a lot of people have the uh, cliche of like, oh, I'm not in it for money. Well, let me tell you something. We all started for money. That's right. Whether we are in it now for money or not, that's a different story. But we all started because we needed to survive. Now, once we start surviving and we're doing great and our systems and philosophies and strategies is working, now we look at it and we're like, you know what? I have a Tesla. I have a million dollar home. I have this. I don't need more money, right? Can I use more money? Sure. I can help my church more. Maybe I can do all these things. But right now it becomes more like a game because you have so much fun doing it. But it doesn't start like that. And for me, it didn't start like that. I just needed to feed my family. Uh, different story right now. So uh, for, for me, that was the big gold moment that I, that I started doing that. And I have rinsed and repeat the process many times. And at the same time, part of the same story, which is uh, it goes, it happened around the same time, like uh, as uh, the Betsy story, um, is that I actually got my father in 2014. Uh, we got him on YouTube. Uh, and um, he actually was 2013 at some point. And uh, he's on a small island uh, in Puerto Rico. And his business is not doing well. Before the uh, Puerto Rico hurricane, uh, you guys have, uh, everybody has heard about mm-hmm. the natural disaster that the island went through. Before that, the island was bankrupt island in a lot of trouble. So he wasn't having business. So as I, would, as I was discovering all these opportunities here, and I started doing Facebook marketing when it was just getting started, right? Before anybody even knew that Facebook marketing was a word and I was doing Facebook marketing, 
uh, I started talking to my dad, dad, we got to get you on a camera. We got to do that. And my dad became a superstar, man. And he has over 2000 videos. And uh, we have uh, right now, um, we're going on uh, 2.5 million subscribers on YouTube. We have over a million followers on Facebook. And he's an international powerhouse in nine countries, 70 years old. His name is Frank Suarez, and he has a YouTube channel called Metabolismo TV, and we service the Latin community. Just this last Saturday, as we're recording this, uh, we broke records, which is, it was so unreal, especially because where everybody's at home right now. This is uh, March 2020, so everybody's at home and stay-at-home uh, orders. And we had a Facebook and YouTube live, and we had record-breaking 15,000 people live. I told my dad, dad, you know that stadium that you have in Puerto Rico where the baseball team plays? You just filled it up and you had them with you live. 15,000 people live. How incredible is that, right? So it is an opportunity. It's an opportunity that we have today about uh, in these platforms. And uh, I do that every day. I, I work with uh, one of the greatest musicians in the world. Uh, his name is uh, Chick Corea. Uh, he's a uh, 23 Grammy Award winner. Like this guy is a legend that I get to work with every day. He's doing Facebook Lives. He's doing videos every day. He's reaching the millions of people and just revolutionizing with the use of these platforms. So this is my hunger. This is my drive. This is what pushes me now every single day. I think that summarizes Incredible. that a little bit. Incredible. <laughs> Mel, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with us. It is so fun to, uh, to get to know you and to hear, you know, that path that you went on and to go from, you know, losing everything to that instinct to survive, uh, to having your breakthroughs, you know, your gold moments, and then, you know, creating what, what you've created today. It's, it's spectacular. Now, um, I, I want to be super respectful of your of your time, Manuel. Um, talk to us about where our listeners can keep in touch with you and where our listeners can learn more about you. Okay, well, I'm all over social media. I try to walk the talk myself. Uh, I just search for Manuel Suarez on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or uh, LinkedIn or whatever your favorite platform is. If you check out my blog, manuelsuarez.com, uh, uh, my personal obsession is now um, along the way. I've always been a big talker. Uh, before I was a marketer, before I was a business owner, I used to, you know, take control of conversations and that's what I, I would love to do the most. So instead of just me focusing on uh, being behind the screen and making money, I just, uh, I just talk to the world. Uh, I, a lot of the things that I do because I have this marketing agency now and we help a lot of businesses is that uh, I show people what we're doing and I teach people about the results and different practical things that could be implemented. Um, as you know, um, I, they, I like to call myself the marketing ninja. Uh, it was uh, my initial, my initial uh, attack as a personal brand was Facebook and social media. Uh, I realized along the way that I just have a marketing mind. That's my thing. That's my skill, my super power that I bring to the world. And because of that, I teach people about these platforms, whatever, whatever they are, and practical things that they could be done, be doing on them. I also have a podcast called the Facebook Marketing Ninja Podcast, in which I teach people about uh, how to use these platforms and things that I'm observing with the data that I'm actually accomplishing, uh, acquiring every single day. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And for our listeners, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. We'll see you on the next one. As entrepreneurs and small businesses, we all kind of reach that point where we know we've created something awesome and we want to share it with the world, right? Mm -hmm. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary or you just don't know where to go next, right? And the beautiful thing about this 14-day script challenge is you get your hand held 
from, okay, you have this cool product, now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14-day script challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that step-by-step with our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. You actually watch us go through each of the steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product, and um, it's a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing in from people all over the world who have just uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business. People tell us over and over again, it is just a huge value punch for the investment for this 14-day script challenge and, and really gave them the tool set they needed to walk through it and make it happen. And we've had dozens of students who have successfully taken the challenge, written their script, launched their ad campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hbros.co slash script. That's hbros.co slash script.